0: I'm Jessica Kay
1: and I'm Rachel Halk,
0: and we are here to chat episode by episode about the beloved Australian TV drama McLeod's Daughters and we are up to episode 11 and it's called Who's a Big Girl Now? Rachel, this is actually the first time that we have recorded since we launched. We pre-recorded all our episodes because we're both um, romance authors and both have busy schedules. So we batched our episodes and then have released them. It's so lovely to chat to you now that we've like been able to release it to the world and engage everyone who's been so enthusiastic.
1: (laughs) I've been really pleased with our response. So thank you, everybody. Really Uh, you know, you start out something like this and Jessica Kate came to me with the idea and you're like, okay, let's give it a go and see what happens. So it's fun to see how much everyone loves the show. Although I will say that I was scrolling through some comments on our Facebook page And I saw some future events that I was totally (laughs) unprepared for. And I wrote to Jessica and I'm like, what? And she's like, oh yeah, you're way down the line. And I said, well, I I don't, well, I'm done now. (laughs) But um, no, I'm anxious to go on and talk about the show and hear from you guys. So please keep your comments coming. It's really exciting to interface with you
0: about this show. one of the funnest things I think Rachel agrees is um, engaging with you guys and hearing what the show has meant to you. So many people have, you know, so many memories of watching it with their families and it's their comfort show and they watch the box set every year and different stuff. And we love hearing all your memories and what it means to you. So keep on sharing those with us. We love how engaged you all are. And let's jump in to this episode, which was released on the 31st of October, 2001. Who's a big girl now? It's about, according to IMDb, The Drovers Run crew throw a surprise party for Jodie's 18th birthday, and she complains that she is the oldest virgin in the country, but her interest in the handsome DJ doesn't lead to what she had hoped. Now, Rachel, this was an interesting episode. What did you think of it?
1: I thought it was an interesting episode. (laughs) Very relatable, though, but I will say in my notes, as I was watching, I I take notes, and this this one said, sex show number two. So... uh, (laughs) But I think that's just me being a little sarcastic Her, but I, I thought jodi was very relatable because mm. most young women, when they get to that age and when you're starting to be involved in relationships and thinking about your future and um, sex is a natural part of life and natural desire, why wouldn't she start to go down that path? And so it was interesting. It was just interesting to watch, but I felt thought really relatable and, maybe if you're watching it with your family it can open up opportunities for you to talk to your kids about sex
0: and she also had some big expectations in the romance department which (laughs) and it's
1: an opportunity to talk about romance
0: (laughs) which was pretty funny about um yeah expectations and reality but the part i found most interesting actually isn't mentioned in the synopsis at all it's what's going on with Tess, Claire, Nick and Alex oh my gosh let's jump into what happened in the episode so that we can get to the juicy parts which I was not expecting and like surprised by some of these events um, so we kick off the um, Becky and Jody are hanging out. Um, they're, they're playing darts and you notice that the dartboard is the one that Becky stole from the hotel, which anytime I see a little piece of her revenge against that monster, I'm like, woohoo, enjoy that dartboard. <laughs> um, and they're chatting about uh, Jody's birthday and she's talking to Becky, you know, about the fact that she is wanting a boyfriend, wanting to have sex, talking about their different experiences um, and then we see what's happening outside is the ladies of Drover's Run are drafting the calves away from the cattle and all the cows are upset. And once again, <laughs> I I noted to the person that I was watching it with, I'm like, pretty much every episode we have an animal related metaphor for whatever emotional journey the characters are going through.
1: We do. That's so true. <laughs> Hands off, hats off to the writers for that. <laughs>
0: Uh, It happens so often and this time it is about, you know, the mum cows letting the baby cows go, which is what Meg goes through for the the length of this episode because it clicks in her head as they're talking about Jodie's birthday and at first the ladies are keeping it a surprise Um, and then they end up having to tell her because she gets frustrated that nothing exciting is happening on her birthday and she's going to go party at the pub. So they're like, oh, you're going to miss your surprise party. Um, But it clicks during those conversations um, with Tess and Claire that Jody is 18 and the kind of things that she'll be thinking about and Meg really freaks out. So that was pretty funny because um, Meg herself <laughs> has, has an interesting love life and as she realized that her daughter may take after her mother the instant panic in her eyes was pretty comedic. Yeah Which
1: I thought was that was pretty that. comedic and <laughs> the girls while they're getting ready for the surprise party are recounting their first sexual encounters, which I thought was interesting. And yeah, Meg is going on and on about Kevin, I think is Jody's father. Mm -hmm. And she she has no realization that her daughter is about the same age or about (laughs) to enter into (laughs) that season of her life. Uh, Meanwhile, Jody is out with Becky in Becky's little place, throwing the darts and talking about this encounter that she plans on having someday, which I also think is very realistic and very relatable and very hers was also very romantic driven it's going to be the greatest thing in the world while Becky is being more realistic and saying they don't last the guys don't stick around so it was a really cool way to show the different places that the girls were in
0: mm-hmm. he- hearing Jodie list out her romantic ex- expectations was especially cringeworthy for yeah, me was, it, was. it was so yeah. oh man so over the top with someone the, who knows I'm a romance author obviously and they were like is this what girls talk about <laughs> and I was like not not like not quite some parts are very realistic other parts but like Jody saying all that I was like stop talking Jodie <laughs> so embarrassing. yeah
1: I'm not sure I ever had a conversation quite like that yeah. with any girlfriends if, if we were engaging in this conversation I don't remember and like I'm ancient, but <laughs> I don't remember it being quiet like that. You just think, is it going to happen or not going to happen? Or, or yeah, her know.
0: curiosity felt really natural, but her like just listing out how magical right. it's going to be in excruciating <laughs> detail. detail. Yes. Just sitting on the couch squirming, being like, "Oh, just stop." <laughs> yeah, oh, pretty.
1: Yeah, okay. pretty much. I don't know that if, if I, even if I thought those things, I would have voiced them. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yep. Um so there's there's a lot of build up to this party as well. I did I did write at one point boring because it was very low stakes for a while. Just a lot of talk about the surprise party and there was nothing really at stake happening. But once the party kicked into gear I felt like the episode did as well because we we meet the beatmaster and I wrote oh, wow, yuck, (laughs) this DJ that's at her party who seems to be wearing the worst of 2001 fashion and (laughs) is just an icky person. Um, And he's the DJ for Jodie's party and is contrasted against the quiet country boy that she starts off dancing with. Um, But I got excited when I saw that Brick was there and didn't even really end up, Doing anything particularly ci- exciting in this episode? Just again, had some incredibly sweet encounters with Becky and, and insisted on walking her home later on and stuff like that. And, and I also saw that the, that Nick and Alex were there, and I was like, okay, this is this is where the episode's going to get good. The Ryan boys are here. Woohoo! What did you think of the party?
1: I agree with you one hundred percent. What was it, Beastmaster? Beatmaster. Yes, Beastmaster. <laughs> he was pretty slime. And <laughs> I looked at him and thought, run, get away from him. But for someone where Jody was, you can see he's, he's the guy who's spinning the records. He's the guy who's bringing the music. He's the party guy. And he's basically doing his job and giving all of this attention to her. She's just too young and innocent to know. And so, yeah, there was the cute guy who really wanted to dance with her and she kept blowing him off. And I thought, yeah, she's going to regret that. (laughs) Beatmaster was no bueno.
0: Yeah, and the one part that did surprise me is like I did think that there wasn't really anything groundbreaking in Jody's story here. Like as expected, she goes for the bad boy. He turns out to be an idiot. But what did surprise me was the quiet country boy actually turned out to be a fair bit of an idiot too. Like when when he got annoyed that Jody wasn't paying him enough attention. Craig was um,
1: his name, by the way. Craig.
0: Craig. Craig. Okay. So Jody starts off dancing with Craig. Then the Beatmaster comes down and like sings her badly by the way, badly sings a song. That was a whole cringy experience as well. Um, But she seems quite taken with it. And we were watching and we're like, why is this working this should not be working (laughs) and it had some similarity to the fantasy she told becky about but it was not smooth I i don't know why she liked it but anyway she predictably dumps the country boy and goes to the dj but the country boy then gets his own sort of revenge he like tries to get the dj drunk and goads him into doing stupid things and he turned out to be very petty
1: yeah he was jealous Hmm. Jealousy—you never know what jealousy is going to make jelly, you do.
0: Jelly. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of him serenading?
1: <laughs> yeah, that wasn't really all that slick either, but it felt so realistic. And what what kind of struck me about the beatmaster was that he he looks so odd in this world of ranchers. Yeah. have cowboy hats and their boots, and they're in a, I guess, a barn. Mm -hmm. And then he's there with his city slicker clothes and lights and
0: sunglasses with like neon orange acrylic stuff splattered all over it. Yeah. And orange sunglasses at night.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then, but you know, I remember being a flirt like that when I was 16 and she catches his eye and he's like the cool guy and he winks at her. When I was 16, of course he's 18, but same thing. You could have (laughs) melted me with a wink. (laughs) So she just doesn't have enough experience to. That's true. No, she's about to be had, right?
0: (laughs) But now to the good part of this, the, the slow dancing happening and Claire and Alex dancing was adorable. They were having a ball. They were goofing around. He was like dipping her. She was laughing. She like, look, that's nearly the most relaxed I've seen Claire in the whole show to date, I think.
1: And it actually looked genuine. Like, the two actors were actually having fun.
0: Mm, Yeah, it looked fun. And meanwhile, Nick asked Tess to dance. And they're, like, super awkward. I don't understand the vibe of these two. They keep on having this, like, weird attraction. But then being super awkward around each other. And she looks like she is not into dancing with him at all. She, like, won't look up at him. Because there's quite a height difference there. So she's just kind of, like, looking away but he's like slowly creeping closer. And then by the time the couples, the song ends and the couples stand apart, they're like so close and he's like, head is down. So it's right near her face. And you're like, were they starting to get into it? I don't know. Was Nick into it the whole time? And then, and Tess was avoiding it, but then he starts winning her over. I didn't quite understand what was happening between them there.
1: I I didn't either. And you kind of get the impression that he was jealous over Claire dancing with Alex and he reluctantly asked Tess to dance. But then towards the end, there actually seems to be a connection starting to go between the two of them. So at this point, I think Jessica and I can just talk it up to the writers have no idea who's going to end up with who. And they're just stringing us along. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah. I didn't really pick up the jealousy thing at the start, but maybe that's because I'm you're cheering for Claire and Nick and I'm cheering for, um, Alex and Claire and so that could be just what we're cheering for affecting our (laughs) views
1: as you listeners well know I watched the show on my iPhone while we're talking just to make sure that we don't miss any I've already watched the show but I want to make sure we don't miss any good parts as we're discussing and I saw Nick's face and he was
0: and he was oh I must have missed. oh
1: he looked a little jealous he looked looked jealous okay yeah he did wow he didn't know what to do
0: Well, that makes what's about to happen even more interesting. So Alex goes outside and Tess and they talk and they talk about the differences between men and women and whether or not men are interested in talking or they're just interested in sex and they have this whole flirty conversation around it, which, of course, leads up to them making out. But again, I was confused because I thought in, you know, what the last couple episodes we watched, there seemed to be, Tess was really, seemed to be wingmaning Claire and Alex she was sort of asking Claire if she liked Alex Alex would try and spend time with her and she'd kind of shuffle him off to Claire and now she's kind of stopped that I didn't really did you see like a bit of a disconnect there yes it's
1: huge disconnect there now remember Alex comes out and starts talking to Tess about skinny dipping oh that's right <laughs> and she's like oh, I'm not afraid to go so my feeling is this is a wild guess you guys I'm just sticking it out there Alex is playing both women but in his heart I think he sees Tess as more of a conquest as mm-hmm. maybe a sexual conquest like the girl you want to get in the backseat of the car
0: mm-hmm. but Tess
1: is someone you want to marry and take home to mama Claire you mean your life with. I mean Claire is the one you want to take home yes excuse me you want to take home to mama and, and marry and raise your children with so I'm guessing
0: I think I, a similar guess, thing
1: yeah, I just don't think the writers know what they're doing here, but it does make them, and I don't mean that, and they don't know what they're doing. The writers are obviously talented. I mean, they, they're unsure where they're going to take these relationships.
0: Well, maybe but they're trying it, to give us a red herring or something.
1: It does, but it makes the Alex look so fickle. I'm in there. He does.
0: Well, or like is, or does, he
1: just, does he just seem Claire as his friend? My his theory is that...
0: Him and Claire have been friends for so long, he's afraid of screwing that up and he doesn't want to mess that up. And he's kind of a bit in denial okay. about that. That's my running theory. I'll awesome. go with that. Yeah. I'll go with and, that. And, he's, and he is a bit of a playboy and he likes his ego being pumped up by being with all the pretty girls. And so he's interested in Tess because he doesn't want to pursue something real with Claire.
1: That could be, but let's just recap just a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's always pretty much that I can remember so far in these Grade Eleven episodes, he's always pretty much treated Claire that way, and Mm -hmm. he always treated more Tess more as a sexual being, for Mm -hmm. lack of a better word. He's always treated someone as he wants to have more of a physical relationship with. I haven't seen him really push that. Where I feel like Nick has pushed that with Claire, he's pushed Mm -hmm. more a romantic Mm -hmm. physical relationship with Claire than. And they of course they have the history of, we we were going to get married. We're the ones who are supposed to get married. So we'll see how the writers shake it out as Mm -hmm. the story
0: goes on. Well, they shook something out because of the next scene. Um, Yeah, they did. Tess and Alex uh, kiss outside and then they hear that the cake is being cut. So they're like, whoops, but they run inside and obviously something's happened between them and Claire notices and is not a happy camper. And Nick also notices. And I didn't think he looked particularly happy about it either. And then Claire just turns around and starts making out with Nick. (laughs)
1: that is weird (laughs) this kind of rivalry thing going on so
0: it was i'm not going to say that i hated it because i didn't (laughs) it was i felt like claire had a knee-jerk reaction and just wanted she's very jealous of um that tess was with alex and so she's like fine i'll have a ryan boy too but it was i mean she's normally so repressed it was so out of character for her i felt like she finally snapped um
1: yeah i don't know if it actually made sense how yeah. would she have known when they came in together how would she have known anything physical happened they could have just yeah. been outside cooling off from dancing that her reaction seemed like from the writer's point of view we know that tess and alex kissed
0: so A little let's bit. Mm.
1: pretend that that Claire knew that Tess and Alex kissed.
0: She kept commenting later that, oh, you were outside with Alex Ryan for 40 minutes. Therefore you must have made out because that's all he thinks about, which was true. Um, But yeah, (laughs) that's about how she, how she knew. And I guess Tess doesn't deny it, but yeah, it was, it was a little too, you couldn't have known that. Um, And yeah. And like, what an overreaction. And Nick's reaction was funny too, because he's like, okay.
1: (laughs) yeah all right (laughs) this is what I've been waiting for yeah
0: but then his reaction was kind of afterwards was um how do I describe it he didn't assume that Claire did it because she really was interested in him I think I felt like he gave her an out I felt like he let her know that that was hot but um I'm giving you an out if you want it because he said a kiss like that could land a man in trouble Claire and it was kind of like hey you're gorgeous I don't mind this but um I'm not assuming anything here if you're not so and then she just kind of backs off and is like "Uh, whoops uh."
1: (laughs) yeah she did kind of backpedal really quick I'm wondering though what did Nick exactly mean when he said a kind of kiss like this could get he actually said a bloke in trouble oh yeah what do you mean are you falling in love or what kind of trouble are we talking about Mm. who are we getting in trouble with Mm. Uh, I'm curious about that statement now.
0: Hmm. Mm, it was it was very interesting. Um, yeah. And so then we see see some sweetness from Brick as well. So now the party's kind of wrapping up. Becky's insisting. Can I just on-
1: say mm. Brick is awesome. I uh, he's my favorite. <laughs> he is my favorite right now, and he's just exactly what Becky needs. I hope she opens up her eyes. But go ahead. <laughs>
0: oh man i was like the friend that i was watching with hadn't seen it before so i was explaining like where we were up to and i was like this guy we're cheering for him we love him end of story (laughs) Yep. (laughs) when brick came on and so he insisted on walking her home and was so sweet about it and once again when he um he dropped her off and he left and uh then he knocked on the door and Becky once again assumed the worst because she's so used to guys treating her just like a physical being that they can use she immediately assumed that that's what he was knocking on the door for and I can't remember what the knock was about but she realized that she was wrong I'm looking at my notes here to try and remind myself what it um what it was And I can't find it. Anyway, it was something sweet.
1: <laughs> um, he's always sweet. He's always, he's always. I think he was looking out for her because some guy was coming on to her, and, and so Brick was stepping up to try to look out for her.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Another thing I laughed at at the party was Terry's pickup lines.
1: <laughs> oh, but he's always like that.
0: You no, know, I just wrote Terry's pickup lines are both the worst and the best. <laughs> kind of I should have down what it was exactly he said something that was just like oh man and meg just shut him down but it was so funny
1: yeah we'll have to make sure we note those in the future hey listeners if you know what it is post it when you're listening to this episode
0: yes remind us remind us what it yeah. was um and so Join our team <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you guys know i know how closely you guys have watched the show and i'm sure they know exactly what it is um, and so now we go to the next day and the cows have been let back in with the calves, which Claire assumes Tess has done. Cause Tess wasn't very happy about the cows being all sad, about the calves being gone. Um, and Claire is now back to acting like her usual repressed self. And, uh, and Jody, who did leave the party with uh, the DJ and they fooled around a bit until he threw up all over her. <laughs> the next day she shows back up and all the boys are there and they have a big fight over her and they have, a punch-up, which was pretty funny to watch. (laughs) Yeah. They're fighting. Um, And she was, Claire turns the hose on them, which was very Claire-like. But uh, Jodie was just happy to be fought over, be the subject of a fight.
1: She was. And, you know, there she had a good tender moment with Meg the night before after she she did left the guy and this is her she's planned her first time and the guy throws up all over her and so she's crying and this was a chance to have a real mother-daughter bonding moment and a good moment of truth
0: Mm mm-hmm And Meg has been so secretive about her past. Like she's really, over the last 11 episodes, slowly, slowly drip fed these little bits of information. The fact that her ex-husband, you know, was a bit of a deadbeat. The fact that she had the affair with Jack, we've slowly found out more, but it still feels like she has so many secrets. And this was probably one of the first times I think we've seen her talk to Jodie about her past and have some honesty about her past relationships. So I really liked that little glimpse into mysterious Meg.
1: Yes, and we really brought it to the point of what really Jody is wanting is to fall in love. And mm-hmm. so Meg, Meg kind of addressed that with her and, and let her know that her father was very special to her when they first met. And so this kind of Jody has a renewed hope in relationships at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, And then the sisters have an honest chat as well. They talk about their 18th birthdays. Um, Claire had a quiet dinner at the hotel with um, their father, Jack, for her 18th, and he gave her, like, a bottle of port or something. And Tess had a wild party where the cops showed up three times because the music was so loud. It's very in character for both girls.
1: (laughs) Very in character.
0: But the this, this sweet um, moment was when Tess tells Claire that her birthday wish was that Claire was there and Claire's like, ah, you're making that up. That's not true. And she's like, no, it was because that was my wish every year. And so that's when, you know, Claire kind of realises that Tess wasn't the one who let the cows out. And it turns out it was Meg because <laughs> she was empathising so much with them. And, um, <laughs> and And I think that was the last shot of the episode was Meg sitting on the fence with the cows who have been separated once again from the calves and she's, comforting them and telling them that they'll be all right because she's going to be all right too which was very yeah
1: oh yeah so that was i don't think we really addressed it but the cow metaphor was they were separating the calves from their the cows from their mothers and of course this is what's happening with meg and jody throughout Mm -hmm. the episode as she's realizing her daughter's growing up and there's going to be separation she's going to go out on her own and make her own choices and then she ends up comforting the cows, <laughs> actually <laughs> the calves because the calves are crying. Not, I think more not from missing their mothers, but missing their source of food. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Feed me. <laughs> Feed me.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Yes. Um, and that is the end of this episode. Who's a big girl now. What were your overall thoughts, Rachel? Really
1: sweet. I know I joked, I called it sex show too, but <laughs> it, it is a really poignant episode addressing a natural process of life. Mm -hmm. And based on, you know, you and I have Christian values, we might have a different answer for Jody than her mother, but it's always good to have that conversation and it's always good to instill your values and your belief system in your kids so that when they're on this precipice, they can make the right choices. So I love that the show introduced that and had a really real world situation between all of the all of the women actually the the older ones meg and her life and her situation and then of course between becky and jody who are so opposite mm-hmm. so you get to see two different kinds of lifestyles and two different kind of consequences from choices so i thought it was a really good show from that standpoint
0: and i feel like it illustrated the value of communication relationships it's like um when she communicated with jody their relationship took a step forward it was a really healthy moment for them and was really good. yeah um, Jody uh, not Jody Tess and Claire who were very much not communicating their feelings about the Ryan boys and were making assumptions and stuff just fought for very passive aggressively the whole episode until they finally had some moments of honesty and uh, yeah was- and it Indeed. also fueled a little bit of um, a little bit of extra tension between the brothers which we are going to see come out in next episode so looking forward to chatting about that too Um but in the meantime, thank you for joining us everybody. Uh, Rachel, if people want to connect with you online, what do you write where they can where can they find out about it and how can they chat to you?
1: Well, first of all, I would love to connect with you guys online, so I'm at www.rachelhauk.com. And that is my handle all over social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But if you come to my website, you'll see what I'm writing next, which is To Love a Prince, comes out August 11th. And you'll find all of my social media links, yes.
0: Awesome. And uh, I am at Jessica Kate Writing on all my social media. And I'm the author of A Girl's Guide to the Outback, which has similarities to McLeod's Daughters, if that is your jam. And uh, I also wrote Love and Other Mistakes, which is a romantic, romantic, comedy and and has which has a lot of drama in it (laughs) which if you like mcclouds you might like all the family drama about a girl who has to end up working for her ex-fiancé so that's a fun one um just writing if you're interested in that was kind enough to be the person who endorsed it on the front of the book so that was very special
1: (laughs) well and it was a good book so i highly recommend it
0: Thank you. Uh, And if you want to find out more about the podcast, we are at McLeod's pod on Facebook and Instagram. And we had a meet the host post go out this week, actually about Rachel and the one about me will go out soon. So if you want to learn a little bit more about Rachel, check out our social media. Plus we have tons of photos from each episode. I always go through and screenshot all these pictures from the, uh, from the episode and share them so we can relive all the fun together. So go check out that and tell us about your favorite moments from this episode and what, did you think about the Nick and Claire kiss? I am keen to hear what everybody thinks about that. So um, (laughs) join us next time (laughs) and we'll meet you again on Drobby's Run. Bye bye. Bye everyone. Hey guys, just wanted to say a quick thank you to composer Bobby Abbott for our theme song. If you want to check out more about him, then you can go to Bobby Abbott Music on Facebook and that's Abbott with two B's and two T's. See you.